Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter number 6. The book of 1 Corinthians and chapter number 6. We now come to a very serious part of the book of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul has been hearing information about what has been going on inside of the church of Corinth. And in the church of Corinth, it has been having problem after problem after problem. Now we identified the source of the problem is pride, that this church folks had thought that they were so spiritual. And because they felt they were so spiritual, they felt like they could get away and do all kinds of things. But they were blinded because of their pride and they're being a laughing stock. They've lost their testimony and they're doing and allowing horrible things. We know that there are divisions in the church and these divisions aren't just small little camps, but their idea that they're having friction, strife, contentions, that there's almost fit fist fights out in the parking lot because of the divisions. It is that bad. In addition, they have people that are suing each other in the church. They're taking each other to court. And that's a horrible testimony the Apostle Paul tried to bring to their attention that they could go to God and get discernment and find the answers to these things rather than go to a civilian court of law that they shouldn't take each other to court. In addition, there's even more horrible things. They have a man in the church who is openly and flauntingly having relations with his stepmother. And nobody in the church is taking care of it. And as if that wasn't bad enough. You said, it gets worse, it gets worse. That we find out in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, another awful awful thing that the church of Corinth is doing. Someone has got the bright idea, and many of them are practicing this, that it is all right for them as Christians and as church people to go regularly go visit prostitutes. Can you imagine such a thing where it's not just one or two people, but it is an acceptable practice of a Christian church to go visit prostitutes? With that backdrop in mind, let's see the Apostle Paul, and I want you to see the emotion conveyed in Paul's shock as he begins to address this to the church of Corinth. We pick this up in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and notice with me in verse number 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse uh, 12, rather. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. 
And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And if we're in the habit of marking things in your body, uh, your Bible, mark if you don't mind, the phrase found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and notice with me in verse number 18, the clear declarative statement, flee fornication. Flee fornication. And if you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and ask for his help with this very important, but maybe uncomfortable subject that has to be addressed. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. Let's go to the Lord together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, Lord, we're just asking for your help. Without a doubt, talking about things like this makes all of us uncomfortable. And yet, they have to be addressed. They can't be hidden. They cannot be swept away, especially with our culture as it is. We have to clearly see what the Bible has to say and see your commands and your warnings and the reason why. Help us, Lord, to have an understanding and help us to surrender to what your word has to say. And that if there's anyone in here that is struggling with sexual sins, that you would give them the courage and bravery to seek for help, knowing that you can give them complete victory in their life over such things. Lord, we're asking that your Holy Spirit would have clear and unobstructed access to our hearts, that we'd be willing to allow you to do a work through your precious word, and that you could change someone's entire life from the consequences they're headed to, to victory in you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And verse number 18, we see the clear command, Flee fornication. Flee is a command. It means to run away. Why does it say flee fornication? Why doesn't it say avoid fornication? Keep away from fornication. Why does it say flee? Because this type of sin, in fact, sexual sins together, are too much for any one of us. There's no one here in this room. There is no one in America. There's no one in any pulpit that is spiritual enough to be able to withstand fornication and the temptation it brings. 
There's not a single one of us that is strong enough, smart enough, that is spiritual enough, subtle enough. This is a type of sin that can affect anyone. Any one of us is capable of anything at any time. And people more spiritual than I have succumbed to this sin. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. You don't hang around with it. You don't flirt with it. You don't dance around it. You flee from this. This is important to understand because there's always someone who thinks that they're strong enough to walk the line and you are not. There's always someone who thinks that they're spiritual enough that it will never affect them. And they are foolish because they are not. The word fornication comes from a root word that actually comes from the principle of a slave market. Remember that in the Roman world at this time, 75% of the population of the Roman Empire were slaves. So because of this, the principles and the the mannerisms, the, the culture, and the vocabulary of the slave market affected the rest of society. That everyone knew what a slave market was. Everyone knew what a slave market was like. Everyone knew the things that went on in a slave market. And because of that, we have several Bible words that actually come from this culture of a slave market. The idea of fornication comes from this word from this world. Now the most common person to be sold in a slave market would be a harlot, a prostitute. The activities of a harlot became so attached to the slave market that it formed a word that we use for fornication called pornia. Pornia is the word we call fornication and the root word of that is where we get our word pornography. The word fornication is used to describe all kinds of illicit sexual sins. So when we talk about fornication, we're not talking about a specific sin, but it is a general term used for any kind of sexual sins, which is a big list. And in America, we seem to find more and more of them to add to the list. And again, not a fun subject, but we have to be warned because the culture we live in is very much sexual in its nature. You can't watch a car commercial without having sex being sold. You can't watch any kind of television show without something sexual. You can't watch YouTube. You can't watch Facebook. You can't have any kind of social media now without some type of sexual thing coming up. Now, young kids may look and say, what? All us adults have enough discernment. We know what we're talking about. It is all around us. We are surrounded by it. It's almost to the place where we're just surrounded and by it so much that it begins to affect us. Fornication enslaves people. It is one of the most addicting things. This idea of sexual sins is one of the most addicting things that we have to deal with. It entraps people. It ensnares people. The Bible gives warning about this. That's why, you know, any level-headed person would not say, hey, I want you to try meth one time. It'll be fine. We know that it's dangerous because it's an addictive substance. Hey, we want you to try this. Smoke this. It'll be fine. Why do we not do this if we're level-headed? Because we know how addictive it is. Fornication, sexual sins, is still as addictive as any drug 
more so in fact. Partly because we think we can handle it. Every drug addict thinks they can handle it. That's why they got addicted to drugs. I can handle it. I'm just doing the high. I can quit anytime I want. Sexual sins become the same idea that it makes it where the person says, I can quit any, I can handle it. And you can't. It is so addictive and it's so dangerous. And it is so hard to get its claws to be taken away from a person that it has captured. So with this idea here, to think that a church, a church that the Apostle Paul helped start, is now openly accepting fornication in their church. That it is openly accepting not only the man who is having relations with his stepfather, but they're openly allowing and thinking it's acceptable that church folks can go visit a house of ill repute and thinking, well, it's okay. It's fine. It is not fine. The apostle Paul is losing his mind when he thinks about this. What? Over and over. What? What are you thinking? What crossed your mind? It is off. What, what makes you think this was even acceptable? And again, for people who have been trying to follow the Bible, we can understand this. But do you know that the world doesn't understand that? What? We can do whatever we want. We can get whatever sexual sin and still be right with God. No, it doesn't work that way. And again, we have all the time where there are many churches that are trying to accept all kinds of sexual sins and preaching, well, it's all right, it's fine, God loves you all. And that can be further from the truth. All sexual sins are not acceptable and should not be practiced within a church. Notice if you don't mind, what we're going to see is how dangerous fornication is. Whenever we come up to it, we have two Bible examples of this idea of flea fornication. The very first one we have is, a Mary, is Joseph and Potiphar's wife. You remember the story and found inside of the book of Genesis is that Joseph was sold into slavery. He was brought into the house of Potiphar and Potiphar's wife kept making overtones and trying to arrange to be alone with him. And one day she caught him. And she tried to say, well, no one will ever find out. No one will ever know. You can get away with it. And possibly he could. But the problem is, is that he know his God was watching. And she grabbed a hold of his coat and he said, fine, you can have the coat and left the coat, took off running. He fleed fornication. As the example, he didn't walk, skip. He ran, left her with the coat. You could have it. I'm not staying around. Flee fornication. But then you had David. Who did not flee fornication. Lingered. Inquired. All these obstacles got in his way. And he jumped over all of them to get to fornication. That's the opposite of fleeing. By the way. It is always amazing. How many roadblocks God puts up to keep us from this sin. And it's always amazing to see how we jump over those roadblocks to get to that sin. This is such an awful, awful addicting sin. And again, I know that to the rest of the world, when I say that these are awful, awful sins, they shrug their shoulders and say, what's so bad? Everyone's doing it. Everyone's involved in it. 
They do worse things over there and over there and over there. And they got these things. And we see how bad sexual sins are degrading everything in our society. Because it changes the way people think about sin, about God, and about themselves. With this, we could see here in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 6, that there are three tips, three um, they, um, keys that the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit has given us to help flee fornication. Three things here that we find to help us flee fornication. The first thing I want to show you is forget the slogans. Forget the slogans. Notice if you don't mind, there are two slogans here that the people gave as excuses, as excuses trying to justify their sexual sins found within the church. Notice the first slogan that they gave, the first saying. Verse number 12, all things are lawful unto me. All things are lawful unto me. The thing about slogans is that slogans are so often repeated and so often used that people start accepting them and not only accepting them, but they start to come to the place where they think they're a Bible. For example, we have one in our culture that cleanliness is close to godliness. You know, that's not in the Bible. But it's said so often that many people believe it's Bible. Godliness is next to cleanliness. Now, whereas we're not opposed to that slogan, we know it's not from the Bible, that's a helpful one. But the people of Corinth and the people today, they have a slogan back then, they have a different slogan today, but means the same thing. But their slogan back then was, all things are lawful unto me. All things are are lawful unto me. And what is meant by this is a principle that when I got saved, I don't have to do anything to keep my salvation. I can never lose my salvation. That's a true fact. They draw a wrong conclusion. Since I can't lose my salvation, I can do whatever I want and still go to heaven. That may be a true statement, but that doesn't mean that you should do everything. But this is what they were saying. Apostle Paul, I know that you don't like my lifestyle, but you know, I'm still going to heaven, so let me do whatever I want. All things are lawful to me. I could do this if I want to. I'm, God's forgiven me of everything already. Now, this is a very common thing they were saying. All things are lawful to me. Notice the Apostle Paul's response to this in verse number uh, 12. All things are lawful to me, but... All things are not expedient, meaning that all things are good for you. Just because it's lawful doesn't mean you should do it. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. The Apostle Paul is trying to put an explanation. Sure, all things are lawful for me, meaning that you're not going to lose your salvation. But listen, it doesn't mean it's the best thing for you to do. The thing in the Christian life is that most of us are not wondering about the choice to do good or bad. Our choice is between doing the good and the best. And we need to be choosing the best every time. But all things are lawful to me. Doesn't mean that you should do it. Doesn't mean you should practice to it. For example, in the extreme case here, 
Let's say that a Christian, a born-again Christian, decides that he is going to go to a house of ill repute. I understand we're in a mixed audience Sunday morning. I'm trying to be subtle enough that but people still understand, right? Okay. A Christian surely can go to that place. Will he lose his salvation practicing this sin? No. He's still saved. God has forgiven him all of his sins. Does it mean that he's free to do it? No. No. Not at all. Now, in today's 21st century American Christianity culture, we have a different saying. And this saying is, I'm not a legalist. And what they do is that anytime that a pastor tries to have standards, a pastor tries to teach principles from the Bible, they say, listen here, I'm not a legalist. I can do whatever I want. And it sounds really spiritual. It sounds, you know, very important. Oh, oh, I'm not a legalist either. No, no, no. I'm back away. No, you understand that there's an idea of biblical standards. And there are things that the preacher should preach on. And there are sins that he should name. But people say, listen here, I'm not a legalist. We shouldn't curb or bound up people's things. You shouldn't have rules. You should allow people to do whatever they want. No. Even the idea of legalist, the way that they're using it, is not how that term is used. I'm smart enough to find the dictionary and find the definition. The true idea of a legalist believes that you have to do something in order to earn your salvation, some work or activity. And that if I don't do this work or activity, then I'm not saved. That's what the true form of legalist is. The way that they're trying to use it is against its own definition. You can still do that sin and still go to heaven. But... There are certain things you should do in your life to protect yourself from those sins, to guard yourself. There should be rules and standards. Now, if someone comes in here and they're not dressed the way that we are, does that mean that they may not be a saved person? It doesn't mean anything. But we're trying to put principles of modesty and identity to protect people, including themselves. Does that make sense? It's not because we're trying to limit their faith or trying to cut off their faith. We are trying to help them out. Now, again, people use this. People always take things and go further than they ever want to go. Some people think that just as long as you put the name Christian in front of things, that it makes it all right. So they say, I have Christian music. Doesn't mean that it's pleasing to the Lord. Well, I've got Christian worship. Doesn't mean that it's pleasing to the Lord. But you know that we've gotten to the place now where there's Christian pornography? Is that pleasing to the Lord? No. Not at all. Because it goes against this promise. But people said, I could do whatever I want. All things are expedient to me. Or the modern, I'm not a legalist. I could do whatever I want. You shouldn't regulate my faith. Well, I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says because we're trying to protect you and guard you. But we need to forget the slogans. There's another slogan that they had back then. Notice, if you don't mind, verse number 13. Meats for the belly and belly for the meats. Meats for the belly and belly for the meats. But God shall destroy both of them. This saying here says, listen, I have my body and my food. God's going to destroy it. I might as well enjoy it now. Meats for the belly and belly for the meats. God gave me life to enjoy, so I should enjoy it however I see fit. Well, that's a bad saying too. You know, there are certain things that you should not do. It sounds fun. Just let me have my fun. 
You're limiting my fun. You're limiting my enjoyment. That's how people say it today. You're just don't want me to enjoy life. No, I'm trying to keep you out of trouble, goofball. We hear, uh, we work with uh, EMS and we um, have somebody who ODs. We give them a special medicine that takes away their effects of the medicine. It takes away their high, but it saves their life. And none of those goofballs are grateful. We just save your life. Oh man, why'd you do that for? You took it away from me. Because you were dying. Man, you just taking away my fun. Why do you hate me? Saving your life, dude. You were dead. Flatlined. You're just taking away my fun. We wish that only people on drugs did the same thing, but Christians do those things. You're just taking away my fun. I could go to this rock concert if I want to. I could go ahead and visit this prostitution thing. I can go ahead and watch pornography. I just want to enjoy life. Stop making my life limiting my fun. Now, I told you this wasn't going to be a popular fun message. It's not one where I'm getting a lot of amens and people excited. You preacher, preacher. (laughs) But yet this still needs to be discussed. You say, why are you doing it on a Sunday morning? Because it doesn't matter if you come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you still need this message. Flee fornication. What's the first tip? Stop using the slogans. Stop trying to say, well, you're limiting my fun. Stop trying to say, well, I'm still saved. There's nothing you can do about it. The idea that these people were actually at, uh, trying to equivalate committing fornication with eating lunch is just absurd. Meat for the belly and belly for the meats. That means that I can go ahead and go do whatever I want in any sexual sin. No. Eating a pork chop is not the same as watching pornography. You understand that not all sins have the same consequences. All sin is bad. But not all sins has the same consequences. People who are in fornication convince themselves because they're not hurting themselves that it's fine. We're consenting adults. We can do whatever we want. No, not at all. Well, I'm just watching it at home. It's not hurting anybody. You're wrong. Well, nobody knows about it. Nobody's going to find out. We can continue to do it. No, it's not how it works. They justify themselves because everyone else is doing it. Well, you see what those people are doing and what those people are doing. I'm not doing things just as bad. Everyone else is involved. Why are you making such a big deal out of this? Because it has awful consequences. Paul continues with this and he says in verse number 12, all things are lawful to me. All things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. He goes on and says, meats for the belly and bellies for the meat, but God shall destroy them both in them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. The Apostle Paul says, listen, you don't understand. One of the things about fornication is how addicted it is. And the people will get to the place where they say, I've got to watch my stuff on my computer rather than follow after God. They're more concerned with following after a relationship that they shouldn't be involved with instead of following after God. 
We all know people who have maybe picked a different lifestyle and their lifestyle becomes more important than honoring the Lord. Even if they say that they're a Christian, even if they say they want to follow after God, they'll end up promoting more about their lifestyle than promoting the Lord. Paul says, I'm not going to be under the bondage of any. I don't want to have anything that would keep me from freely serving God with a clear conscience. That should be our goal. And so because of that, sure, there may be some things that are not going to send you to hell if you're saved, but there's certain things you should not do and be a part of. Well, there are certain things that you shouldn't do that you think bring enjoyment if it's going to keep you from following after God. Get rid of the slogans. Get rid of the excuses. Again, we're trying to help this idea of flea fornication. What's the second principle? Consider the price. So not only forget the slogans, but consider the price. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 14. And the Lord hath both raised up, and God hath both raised up the Lord, and he will also raise up us by his power. Now, realize this, that one day you're going to die. And God is going to be the one that raises you up. Now, God made us a promise, but don't you think you should be pleasing to the guy who has the power to raise you back up? I mean, we should be pleasing to him because he's done so much for us. Verse number 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid! Your body belongs to the Lord. God has bought you with a price. That brings us to a second word that we get from the slave market. Not only the idea of pornography or fornication, but the word redemption. The word redemption means to buy back as from a slave market. That when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for your sins and he paid for mine. And he paid that price. And when he did that, he purchased us. In technical terms, he owns us. And like a slave bought in those Roman days, that slave is then obligated to obey his master. Jesus bought us. We didn't do anything for our, to earn our salvation. He paid the entire price. And because he owns us, we should be pleasing to him in what he owns, which is all of us, including our bodies. The apostle Paul, as he goes through here, he just flips up. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not of your own? Verse number 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth without the body, but he that committeth fornication uh, sinneth against his own body. When we put sin in our life, we're mixing something that doesn't belong to us. Now, God hates all sin, but not all sin has the same consequences. Fornication is one of those things. There is a huge price to pay. And you need to understand that there's a price to pay. There's no such thing as getting away scot-free when fornication is there. There's always going to be a cost. Notice if you don't mind, hold your finger here. And let's see as we're warned about it in the book of Proverbs. Again, I know it's not an amen, run up and down, cheering message. But we need this. We need to be warned. It is such a serious thing. Especially since we live in a culture where it is so apparent. 
I had a deputy from a police department. He was not a Christian, but he was doing a presentation at a school giving safety warnings to kids. And a parent asked him, what age should we give our kids a cell phone? That's a good question. What age should a child get a cell phone? The deputy said, whatever age you want them to start watching pornography. My kid won't ever do it. Well, then you don't understand how sin works. They will find it guaranteed. And you will damage that child. What? You will damage that child. Years ago, people began to understand how much pornography began to affect how people think. Do you know that pornography actually changes the way you think? It makes different neural pathways. It connects different things. It changes the way you think. They wanted to do a scientific study on the effects of pornography on how people think. In order to do that, they needed to have a baseline. They needed to have people who watched pornography and they needed to get enough people who had never saw pornography to be able to get a baseline. And when they attempted to do that study, they could not find enough people who had never seen pornography to start in our culture. That is how apparent it is. Parents, I'll give you a warning. Kids should not have a cell phone. You're limiting his fun. No. There's a reason why Facebook doesn't allow kids to have a Facebook account until they're 18. You bypass that. You are hurting your own child. Pastor, I go back to the excuses that we said. He should just have fun. I'm warning you. You're going to damage your kid. They will get away with it. Kids looking at a cell phone even now. You never know what they're going to look at. You're just being too hard. No. We're giving you Bible warning. It is dangerous. It affects the way you think. Do you know that watching pornography makes it you think that you should have instant satisfaction and it makes it where you don't want to do your the work to please your partner because you want instant satisfaction it doesn't work that way sunday morning message preacher i'm trying to warn i'm trying to help good notice with me if you don't mind proverbs chapter six see the warnings here proverbs chapter six notice with me verse 23 for the commandment is a lamp and a law is light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Proverbs 6, now verse 24. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Pause here. Let me define my terms. The idea of a strange woman is not the idea that she's cross-eyed and that she looks straight, goofy. She looks weird. Her face is rearranged. The idea of strange in the Bible is someone that does not belong to you. You know what's so exciting about fornication is that you're desiring something that's not yours to have. That's why there's all kinds of chemicals that are released. Here is someone that doesn't belong to me. That's why people who commit affairs get that thrill. Someone that doesn't belong to me. It's part of that addicting substance. Someone that doesn't belong to me that I now desire, that I want. Flee fornication. 
Verse number 25, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither take, let her take thee with her eyelids. For the, by the means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and to the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Let me tell you, you cannot play, away with, play with this and get away unscathed. Preacher, you're just, no, I'm telling you what the Bible says. You're not arguing with me now. You're arguing with the Bible. I'm trying to protect, flee fornication. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold and he shall give all the substance to his house. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding, which is what we're trying to tell you. You play with this stuff, you are lacking understanding. You're lacking to realize how dangerous this is. He lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. You understand this is danger, and this is fire. Tips of fleeing fornication. Forget the slogans. Stop trying to say, I want to protect my fun. Well, I could get away with it. No, you can't. Count the cost, consider the price. You understand there's going to be a price to pay more than you ever wanted to go. I hate to say this. Preachers are my heroes, but I've seen people more spiritual than I fall. People that I looked up, people I learned from. If we gave the example and I decided to commit adultery with my wife, that would leave a destruction swath to them among all of you. Many of you would be hurt. Is it worth the price for one moment of sin? The destruction and the people that hurt? People who, who would not go back to church because of what pastor did? There's a huge price, more than you ever wanted to pay. There's an effect on your body, effect on your mind, effect on your marriage, effect on your relationships, effect on so many things. There's too big of a price to pay. More than you ever wanted to. Preacher, this isn't encouraging. I'm trying to help. Because it's such a big deal. I will not ask to raise hands. But there are more people that have watched pornography in this room than what you would expect. And that's not to make you feel better about what you're doing. I'm trying to say this is common. If it wasn't common, I'd go to the next message. You say, well, I don't need the help. I've never watched it. Praise the Lord. You're one of the few people who have it. I've never considered cheating on my wife. Well, praise the Lord, you're one of the few people who have it. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to say this is something everyone... We live in a world where this is brought to our attention in our face every day now. Flee fornication. What is the best answer? We're given three tips of fleeing fornication. The last thing is we turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Run to Calvary. Run to Calvary. Go to the Lord. Verse number 19. What? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not of your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Do you know that you have a biblical command because you're bought with a price? You shouldn't do anything to your body that is not God approved. You should run to the Lord. And if you are tempted, then I double dog dare you. God, should I watch this video? See how that goes. People do the same thing with pastor. Should I get a tattoo? It's not my body. It's God's body. You go ask him. See what he says. Anything done in your body, you should be asking God's permission because it's no longer yours. You know why people don't do that? Because they don't want to obey. But you understand, you are God's and your spirit and your mind. It affects these things which is not yours anymore. God created you. He owns you because he created you. And he owns you again because he purchased you and your sins. You owe him. It's not even your life anymore. Run to Calvary. When you're tempted, flee fornication. That's why we sang the songs that we did earlier. Did you think to pray? When you are tempted, did you think to pray? God, should I do this? God, should I be involved with this? God, I need help. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to the place where I want you to go underground with your sin. It's not the point. I'm trying to say that any one of us is capable of anything at any time. And more people are involved with these things than what you expect. I want to give you hope that there's freedom from it. You don't have to be stuck. But you have to be willing to be honest with people and say, I need help. I surround myself with some good preachers who one of the things we ask, and we ask ourselves, how's your Bible reading? And we also ask each other, how's your thought life? By your preachers. Anybody's capable of anything at any time. And we've got preachers that we could be honest with each other, said, you know what? I'm struggling today. <gasps> Anyone's capable of anything at any time. Every one of us need accountability. Every one of us need this protection. Every one of us need this warning. There's none of you, if, if there's some person in here that says, I don't know why we're doing this message. I never need this. You're probably the one that needs this. There's not a single one of you who are strong enough to stand this sin by yourself. Not a single one, not even me. We're capable of anything, anytime. Praise the Lord for every young person who's made a decision to keep themselves pure. But you are going to be tempted to ruin that purity. For those of us who are married, there's always going to be a temptation to go beyond our marriage, even if it's in our thought life. There's so much temptation all around us. All you have to do is turn on your computer, open your phone, turn on the TV, and your thought life is already bombarded. The Bible gives us a command, flee fornication. This sin is more awful than you can imagine. And its consequences are more lasting than what you could ever wouldn't it be horrible because of one indiscretion? You made yourself where you were not usable to God to your fullest. Now, 
I understand many of us have a past. Many people were saved after. The good thing is that you start where you are and move forward. Don't do anything to limit yourself now and understand how dangerous this sin is. Now, I understand we're at the place where preachers, people are saying, preacher, just shut up. Let us go. I want to let you know that I love you. And I love you enough to warn you. And again, I cannot overemphasize how important and how dangerous this sin is. Any one of us are capable of anything at any time. You cannot stand this alone. Learn Don't give yourself excuses. Don't stand on slogans. Don't try to say, well, everyone else is doing this. I can do it and get away with it. You cannot. Understand there is a price to pay, a big price to pay. And understand that God has never given us a temptation without a way of escape. Run to the cross. Jesus, I need you. I can't stand this. If I don't have you right now, I'm going to get in trouble. Lord, I need you. Run to him. Now again, We want to help anyone. If there is someone that's struggling with pornography, someone struggling with their thought life, I'm not asking you to come forward and confess it to everyone, but I give you an invitation to come see me. Make an appointment in my office. Call me on the phone. Let me take you to coffee and say, Preacher, I need to talk with you. I want to help every single one of you get victory. You say, "I, I just... I need safeguards in my house. We'll try to train you how and show you how. I need protections. We'll allow to show you how. But this is something you don't play with. Our world plays with it and they're getting burned all the time. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.